0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you are enjoying this wonderful time of year. Now, although the lame duck session of Congress is trying to steal our joy, like the Grinch who stole Christmas, we're not going to let it happen. We will celebrate God's gift to the world, His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, the essence of Christmas is found in one of the most well-known passages of Scripture. It's not often thought of at Christmas time, but it's John 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is God's gift to the world, his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, coming up today, a special edition of Washington Watch. Behind Washington Watch, the program is Family Research Council, the organization. Family Research Council this coming year will mark its 40th anniversary here in our nation's capital. So who is Family Research Council? What do they do? And why does it matter to the families of America? That, in part, will be our focus today. But I've got a stellar lineup to help answer those questions, all from a different perspective. Our Executive Vice President, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, will join me, along with our Chief of Staff, Mr. Harold Harper, Then former Congresswoman and Republican presidential candidate Michelle Bachman, who now serves as the chair of the FRC board. She'll join us as well. And my good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs from Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, will give us a pastor's view of the Family Research Council and the work that is done by them. Then finally, the Capitol Hill perspective from Georgia Congressman Jody Heiss member of the House Freedom Caucus. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you, and it will keep you informed of what's happening here in our nation's capital, even while the rest of us are celebrating. We're here working, keeping you informed as to what's happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. And by the way, if you are blessed by the ministry of the Family Research Council and Washington Watch, let me ask you this. Would you consider partnering with us as we're about to begin a new year, we receive no government money, no advertisers. We're here because of folks like you across this country that are partnering with us. And if you'd like to do so, you can give us a call, 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. Or visit TonyPerkins.com. Well, as I mentioned, behind Washington Watch is a team. They bring you this program each and every day. We've got J.P., Rick, Kenneth, Chris, Alice, Brian, Dave, Youssef, Andrew, Angel, Nathan, Matt, Lindsay, and there are more that pitch in from time to time. And then there is the Family Research Council, which is another big team. And two of the coaches of that team are joining me in studio right now. FRC Executive Vice President, founding member of the Army's elite Delta Force, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, and FRC Senior Vice President and Chief of Staff, Harold Harper. Gentlemen, welcome to Washington Watch. So, you, know, you like that to coach, yes. you're the first base coach, you're the third base coach, or which, which is which? If it works for you, it'll work for us. All right. Well, very good. Well, gentlemen, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hope you're enjoying your uh, holiday season. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We had a had a nice meal
2: here today at Femmer Research Council, and, uh, you know, I like to eat. So, I was
1: very happy. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you're happy. So, I'm going to start then with you, General. You've been at the Family Research Council for for ten years, actually. I think a little over a little ten over years. Ten years, yeah. Um, what's your elevator speech about FRC? If somebody what, what "What's the Family Research Council?" What do you say? Yeah, I
2: tell them first. You need to understand we are a Christian organization first, but we were created to be a a, a public policy entity. And uh, our focus is on three things, faith, family, and freedom. And that's sort of what I tell people. And if they want to go deeper than that, I'll give them a – Give, them give them Harold's a, number? I'll give them Harold's number, <laughs> yes. So,
1: Harold, what would you tell them?
3: <laughs> well, i tell them that we're a group of people called by God uh, to be his hands and feet in our nation's capital. And I share a little bit of testimony of, of some of the team. And I, I basically say our focus is primarily uh, on policy. And uh, we, work, we work with government leaders – but our heart, you know, is for the gospel. And uh, the only hope for our country is really a great awakening and a revival. And so that's why, and I, I kind of share a little bit about how we, um, how we open every morning and then the morning meeting uh, with the word of God and how we read through the Bible in a two-year Bible reading plan. And then I, I get to talk about the Bible. So <laughs> that's kind of how I do it. Well, you yeah, came- That would
2: be a heck
1: of an elevator ride. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a different floor you're going to. <laughs> So let's talk about that for a minute, Harold, because you came out of the church world. You were a pastor. Previous to that, you had been uh, with the Southern Baptist Convention. This is a policy group in Washington, D.C. Some coming from the the church world would say, well, what are you doing with the policy group? How how can that be biblical or spiritual?
3: Well, I I basically say all through Scripture, you see where men of God, women of faith, were called to serve kings and royalty and in government. And uh, one of my favorite stories is, is Daniel. You know, this is, is however you look at Daniel, how he ended up under the king. It was, he was, it was God. I trust the Lord in all things. And uh, the reason I'm here is because God called me here. I think both of us have in common that uh, we didn't want to relocate to Washington, D.C. This is not where I wanted to raise my youngest uh, son. But it was clear beyond a shadow of a doubt that God called us here. So, um, and that's true. Once I once I got here and learned that that was true with members of Congress, it just really encouraged me that there were God has deployed a lot of believers to this city to uh, to be His hands, His feet, His voice. So, talk about the spiritual ministry side of FRC. Well, basically, I get the privilege of as chief of staff to to really be a coach uh, to and a shepherd to our senior, primarily to our senior leaders, and then their departments and so that just keeps my job is to keep everybody focused on his plan make sure that we're seeking the lord Uh, we do that primarily through your leadership the bible reading plan that you've laid out a couple years ago has been just a game changer for us and then our our um our call to prayer the the element of prayer the intercessors that come in once a month from all over the country is just amazing on their own dime there's a group that come in um Every month, and that group changes. Some of them are the same, but a lot of them uh, just come in once a year. Um, And uh, it's just quite amazing to see the
1: prayer power behind what we do. General Boykin, the Family Research Council, the whole team all together, about 120 people that we've uh, got on the team, you've led. You led men and women for, for 36 and a half years in the United States uh, Army in some of the most difficult circumstances, founding member of Delta Force. It's a different kind of a battle that we, we see today, it's spiritual battle. What is the most critical element when you look at what we're facing today that that believers need in order to face the challenges of our day?
2: hmm the most important element is courage, being willing to stand uh, when others bow. You know, it's, it's like the those three Hebrew boys that stood up on the Plain of Dura there, and when the music started, they did not bow while all the others were bowing. And by the way, there's nowhere in the Bible that says that they coordinated, are you going to stand, are you going to stand? It's having the courage as an individual, because of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing that his promise is, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he's going to be there, having the courage to stand when everybody else is bowing. And I think that uh, there are other things that, there are things like discernment that are essential to this and the whole armor of God, I mean, those things, and, uh, but the main thing is courage, and that is what is absent in so much of the yeah. Christian world. I, I
1: I didn't ask you that question, didn't tell you what I was going to ask you, but I agree with you 100%. When people ask me, you know, Tony, what's the greatest concern you have for our country? It's a lack of moral courage, mm-hmm. especially in our leadership class. You, you know, the men and women who serve, and you and I have had the privilege of serving our country, you obviously more extensively than I, but... I was so disappointed when I came here to the Family Research Council, and you were a part of this after you retired. I, I assembled a, a group of general officers yeah. to to fight against the policies that were being pushed into our military. This was t- thirteen years ago. Yes, right. I had a difficult time getting retired general officers to stand up and have moral courage. You were one of maybe a dozen that responded to the right. call, and and we're asking. Men and women to have courage on the battlefield when our leaders will not have the courage to stand up against this woke, politically correct, immoral agenda.
2: Yes, especially those that call themselves uh, pastors, that call themselves leaders in the church, that have a flock that they're supposed to be influencing. And if they don't, if they, as the leaders of those flocks, don't have the moral courage to show them that you can stand for what is right. You can stand for truth without, uh, without feeling that uh, you've lost everything because it's, it doesn't work that and way. And
1: that's a part of FRC's role is to give courage mm-hmm. and come alongside pastors. We have our mm-hmm. Stand Courageous Men's uh, Ministry which you uh, lead in helping men. Come to that relationship with God, so that they can have the courage to stand in their homes and provide the leadership that is so essential to the future of our country.
2: That's right. And uh, look, we we have in this organization right now, you and I both. And and Pumpkin's too nice, so he doesn't do this. But you and I both tell people when they come in. That, here, that's the that's uh, your um, friendly name for Harold. Harper. Yeah, yeah. He is. Is. He's 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 my favorite Pumpkin. <laughs> and i love him and he knows i love him and and uh, he's my accountability partner sometimes too i take him with me when we're doing a, a ministry event you know
3: and he he it, keeps me straight it's, it's real awkward when he makes me stand up in a in a room of thousands of people and <laughs> introduces it's me punk. Punk.
2: <laughs> yeah i don't even know what i was talking about beforehand <laughs> i got so dis, distracted but so so it must not have been important the lord let me lose my thought pattern so go ahead
1: well, talk about the complexity of FRC. You came in, and I remember that was one of the conversations we had after you had been here for just a short period. You said, I have no idea.
2: I don't think anybody that comes here really knows or understands what we do. And and it's, it's interesting that we just finished uh, a long week, and part of that week was uh, what we called the President's Roundtable, in which we brought in... Donors and people that were really interested and we they stayed in a hotel here in Washington And we went through everything that we've done this year and we went through how uh, uh, We have been involved in so many things in this city here and uh, we had uh, testimonials by people like Mark Meadows and Jody Heiss and and others who talked about the value of FRC but until you actually see it all kind of put together, uh, you don't really have an appreciation for just how much uh, Family Research Council is involved in. And it's, uh, it, it is amazing to hear these people talk about what we've been involved in with them personally, how we've helped them personally. This is mostly members of Congress, House and Senate. Uh, and, and then you say, you guys do that, you do that. Yeah, and uh, we also have. Remember, we have FRC action too, which is our five hundred one C four arm, which is means that we do political action as well, and we can endorse candidates. So, yeah, we do a lot here. That
1: well, thanks to the general filibuster, and Harold, you don't have to answer any more questions. But I did want to show you something I got f- for Christmas. My Christmas present is a is a selfie stick. <laughs> so, look, I want you all to uh, to pose with me here, and we're going to take. Uh, take a picture smile all right folks keep smiling when we come back we're going to (laughs) be we're going to be joined by former congresswoman michelle bachman she is the chair of the frc board and she'll give you her perspective don't go away more coming up right after this
0: After the long election season our nation just went through, many Americans are ready to shift their focus to celebrating with their loved ones. But at Family Research Council, we know that this is perhaps the most dangerous time of the year for our shared values, thanks to Congress's lame duck session. Long before the elections, we began preparing for this moment when we knew leftists and squishy Republicans in Congress would use the distraction of the holidays to push through legislation that undermines biblical principles. You have helped us accomplish so much in 2022, and through your timely gift, you can help us prepare to counter the left's agenda and seize opportunities in front of us in 2023. Join FRC by texting GIVE to 67742 And your gift will have double the impact thanks to a generous challenge match. This holiday season, we must remain vigilant. Partner with FRC by texting GIVE to 67742 so we can continue advancing biblical values.
4: Attention university students. Are you looking to be equipped as a Christian leader and to influence the culture from a biblical worldview? Join us at Family Research Council for our internship program. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, you will grow personally and professionally. This paid 12- to 15-week program is designed to give you real-world experience and to prepare you for wherever God calls you. Apply today at frc.org internships.
5: Persecution of Christians is growing globally and becoming more aggressive every year. Family Research Councils Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book Heroic Faith shares stories from those who have faced religious persecution and takes a close look at the tragic circumstances Christians often face due to threatening opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of real perseverance and devotion offer encouragement and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies behind the hostility and persecution what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the plight of these faithful believers. It is important for us to learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ who suffer deeply and do what we can to help them. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith.
0: With FRC's Stand Firm app, you will have access to all of our content right at your fingertips. The Stand Firm app provides you with a variety of resources, such as our most recent radio programs, social media posts, and Washington Stand articles. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that matter to you. Visit the App Store on your mobile device and search Stand Firm to download FRC's Stand Firm app. Welcome back to this special
1: edition of Washington Watch, where we're exploring a little bit more about the ministry behind Washington Watch, which I also have the privilege of leading the Family Research Council. Well, joining me now to share more about the ministry of the Family Research Council is the chair of the FRC board, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. She also serves as dean of Regent, Regent University's Robertson School of Government. Michelle, welcome back to the program
6: Tony, always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you.
1: Let me just say thank you first off for serving as the chair of our board. You do a wonderful mm-hmm. job, and it's it, I'm just so grateful that um, as you left Congress, and and I know the story behind it, the Lord just ca- called you to lead. You didn't to leave. Mm-hmm. You you didn't need to, but you wanted to be obedient. The Lord's opened tremendous doors for you now at uh, Regent University, mm-hmm. and you're leading ministries, Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast. And you find time for the Family Research Council. So, again, let me, on behalf of all of us here, let me say thank you.
6: Oh, you're entirely welcome. This is one of the greatest joys of my life to serve as chair of this board. This is really a legacy project in a lot of ways because I see that for the last 40 years, what Family Research Council has done is to bring a profound ability of Christian leadership that has been changing the United States but also changing the world. A lot of that is attributable to your leadership, Tony, but I know you would always give credit to the team at FRC. It is a truly remarkable team, and the work that they're doing has changed the United States for good.
1: Well, I appreciate that. It is a team. We've got a tremendously committed team of men and women. But I want to go back just for a moment to your time on Capitol Hill. Now, we connected before you came to Washington when you were a state center, senator in, in uh, Minnesota. But when you came to D.C., what kind of role did you see FRC playing as it pertained to federal policy and to your colleagues
6: on Capitol Hill? Well, it was a vital role. I knew that they were part of what was called the Values Action Team. They came to a weekly meeting to inform members of Congress about different issues that are going on. A lot of people may not know that in a congressperson's office, they have staff people But a lot of the staff people tend to be about 25 years of age. They're eager, they work hard, but they don't necessarily have the wide breadth of background on issues. Family Research Council came in. They helped my staff to know what was going on. They were a credible voice that my team could rely on to have issue briefs, to understand issues, but also to understand who various allies are. And they gave us a heads up as to potential problems that could be coming in legislation, I would say that Family Research Council was absolutely vital and necessary to my office because of the many ways that they amplified and augmented the work that my staff could do.
1: Now, Michelle, to be very clear, there, there are some other wonderful policy organizations that we partner with, yeah. uh, the, Harley, the the Heritage yeah. Foundation, um, and I could go down a list, I don't want to exclude anyone, but there is something that was different about your leadership on Capitol Hill, which I think is, I don't want to speak for you, but I think what drew you to the Family Research Council to to be our chair is that we don't just address the political issues. We know Mm -hmm. the policy, we have the experts, we have the PhDs that do the research, but they do so from a biblical perspective.
6: Well, that's right, and even more specifically from a biblical worldview perspective. That's what Regent University is about teaching academics from a biblical worldview perspective. Family Research Council has never deviated from that perspective. For for the last 40 years, they have brought that viewpoint to Washington, D.C. It was sadly missing. And those who early, in the very early years, who began Family Research Council, they saw that. They saw firsthand that the biblical worldview perspective of so many Christians in the United States Was not being spoken into this legislation. Family Research Council filled that gap. They haven't deviated from that initial mission statement, and they've stayed true to it.
1: Michelle, we just got a couple minutes left. What would you say to those who are discouraged about the direction that our country is taking? Say, you know what, we just need to give up on being involved in in quote unquote politics, and you know, it's just it's not working.
6: Well, I understand why they feel so disappointed, especially for the last couple of election cycles. But what I would say to them is even though we may lose in the short term and an election cycle, this perspective, the biblical perspective, which we believe is founded on truth from God's word, that perspective continues to get poured into the members of the House, the members of the staff. the uh, the members of the Senate, the members of committees into the White House policy positions. This perspective doesn't deviate, and we need to look at things from a long-range perspective. Yeah. You have periods when you win and periods when you don't, but you need to stay constant because the Lord our God is constant.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I mean, we need to have an eternal perspective knowing yeah. that, you know, it's not just this election cycle. It's not even the next election cycle, and quite quite frankly, it's not even our lifetime. Rather, it's what we do that makes a difference in eternity, and, and we need to have a prayer presence to be salt and light everywhere, wherever the Lord is. It
6: is. It is, Tony. And we don't just take our marbles and go home. That's one thing that we have to learn in these political battles is that you don't just take your marbles and go home. That's what the other side would like to see. They'd love to see us be discouraged and just take our marbles and go home and, and give up. There is never a time to give up, ever. As a matter of fact, sometimes, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. So I'm, I have great hope, especially at this time of year, because we serve the Prince of Peace. He fills our heart with peace and we continue to work for peace.
1: You're absolutely correct. So well said. Michelle Bachman, always great to see you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And again, thank you for serving as the chair of the Family Research Council Board.
6: Thank you, and Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. It, it, you know, folks, that is so true. The enemy wants us to be discouraged. In fact, that's one of the most effective tools in the tool chest of the enemy, is to make us feel like you're not making a difference. And I, I've shared this before, but one of my—this time of year, we watch it right before Christmas. We watch It's a Wonderful Life. And— uh, it's, it's just a story. If you've not seen it, I think it's the 70, 75th anniversary of that movie. But uh, George Bailey, he sees what the world would have been like without him, you know, and we need to have an understanding that our presence makes a difference. And God says, do not grow weary in well-doing for in due time, you will reap if you don't lose heart. All right, folks, stick around. More of this special edition of Washington Watch on the other side of the break when I'm joined by my good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, who gives us a pastor's perspective on the work of the Family Research Council. That's coming up next. Don't go away.
4: It is so important for God's children to spend time with Him in His Word. But at times, knowing where to start can prove difficult. And for some, creating a habit of reading the Word daily is even harder. That is why Family Research Council offers their Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. It's a two-year plan that helps you read the Bible daily. So you can understand the nature of God, how His Word speaks into cultural issues, and grow closer to Him. We know that the Word of God is rich, for it is written that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. And so it is important for believers to read the Word and apply it to everyday life. God's Word is powerful, but we don't have to be overwhelmed or intimidated at the thought of reading it. We can explore the Word with other believers so that we may better understand it and be transformed by it together. Join us by signing up today to get the daily passages and questions. Just go to frc.org slash Bible.
5: In today's culture, men need a battle plan, a call to biblical manhood, where they can be reminded of God's design for them to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Kenan Curtin's new book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan for men on how to take on their God-given responsibility in a culture swiftly turning away from God's design. The authors present the Old Testament book of Joshua and his leadership as the focus of their study, asking readers to consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. Now is the time for men to take on their role in the family and society and truly live out their God-given purpose. To purchase your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch, a special holiday edition of Washington Watch. And by the way, we are about to begin a new year. And if you would uh, like to partner with us, which is the only way we're is because of folks like you across the country that do partner with us. By the end of the year, if you make a contribution, it'll be matched. And to do that, simply go to TonyPerkins.com and you can make a contribution right there. Well, We've been looking at different aspects of the impact of the Family Research Council, getting different perspectives. We heard from uh, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, General Boykin, uh, Harold Harper. And now, one of the ministries that began shortly after I arrived was an outreach to pastors, what we call Watchmen on the Wall. In fact, one of our first watchmen joins me now, Pastor Jack Hibbs. He's the founding and senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Chino Hills, and he joins us from Southern California. Pastor Jack, welcome back to Washington Watch.
7: Tony, it's so great to be with you. And and by the way, Merry Christmas to you and Luana and the family and to FRC, for sure.
1: Well, thank you. And the same to you and Lisa. And, and, you know, we celebrate. We celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, And you and I were talking in the break about the peace that we have, even though we are witnessing some of the most uh, evil, uh, hell-based decisions being made by our government, redefining God's institution of marriage. And these things, I think they do call for righteous indignation. But, you know, even in the midst of these tumultuous times, as believers, standing on the Word of God, we can have peace oh
7: tony so well said and i have never enjoyed the word of god more than now i've never been more thankful for it than now and here's the reason why this is a discovery i have to admit this is a discovery for me is that the battles both in california and nationally have never been darker i have never had a greater peace tony some will know what i'm talking about you certainly will know even in the pulpit, or when I'm sharing the hope that's in Jesus, the confirmed joy that's in Jesus, I have never felt this sense of anointing in my life. In other words, these are dark days, and apparently, Tony, our God loves to shine in the dark days through any one of his vessels who will be willing, and I'm thrilled. Wouldn't change the moment, For anything.
1: I I could not agree more. In fact, you know, the darker it is, the brighter our light shines. Even if it's a dim bulb, we can still be seen brightly. Let me ask you about this. I mentioned, you know, I remember meeting in your, at the time, it was a brand new church building. You had just finished, and we had a kind of a gathering of pastors. That was uh, probably 19 years ago. Um, What does the Family Research Council meant to you as a pastor?
7: Well, I tell you, Tony, you know this, but for your audience, I I felt very alone in Southern California. We knew what to stand for. We knew to do voter registration. We knew to inform the people of the issues and of the ballots and of the candidates. And I never shied away from publicly speaking about those who were not good to elect, those who were good to elect. But I felt very alone. In fact, many of my My peers uh, ostracized me because they thought I was engaging in politics rather than preaching the gospel. Yet, to the grace of God, all the while, our church continued to grow, but at the same time, people came, and they wanted to know more about how they could affect their culture. Thus, FRC happened that day. When I met you, Tony, there was an infusion. Several things happened. There was an infusion of hope and encouragement because I was not alone frc stood for everything i saw the bible standing for and then secondly tony to meet you and instantly have that what we call in the greek the koinonia of the holy spirit i immediately knew that i had a man standing before me that was like-minded a warrior spirit and that loved and cared for the word of god first and yet god's plan for america as well and so for me tony it was an it was an immediate and perfect fit and FRC has always been there for us on a daily basis, and that's no exaggeration, to get the latest of what's happening in our culture, in our government, and how to respond to it from a biblical worldview. I'm a firm believer that my Bible is more current than tomorrow's legislative session or whatever the Supreme Court might decide on, and thus I have the answers. And so for me, for us, it's a perfect marriage.
1: Very quickly, we're up against a break here in about a minute, but many wanted to give up on the church. We, you know we just we, we you know it's 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 lost, many wanted to give up on politics, but staying the course, I'm pretty excited about some of the things I see happening. What about you
7: well, we're super excited about what's happening in California because for all of these thirty years, Tony of plowing the field, we're seeing a response now we're seeing good. Candidates get elected to office by the church's involvement and their pro-life candidates, and we promote them. We we expose them to the people, and lo and behold, this last election, we are, we are more than pleased with what's happened in our local and in our state government in California. So I'm thrilled.
1: That's the Christmas miracle to be uh, exactly <laughs> to see this in the state of California, and it's because of pastors, and you've been leading in this and challenging other pastors to stand. And I want to thank you, Jack, for being such an example to so many pastors all across this country. And uh, just grateful that you're my battle buddy and my friend and uh, look forward to seeing you real soon.
7: God bless you, brother.
1: Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel Chino Hills in Southern California. Look, even in California, if we will just stand for truth and be faithful to God, God will do that work. And it's happening. It's happening in California. I believe it'll happen in the nation. I I really do. All right. Coming up next, we're going to get a congressional perspective with Congressman Jody Heiss of Georgia. He joins us for this special holiday edition of Washington Watch coming up next right after the break. Don't go away. More to come.
0: Today, there are countless news outlets and so much opposing information. It can be hard to find a source you can really trust. This is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, FRC's online news platform with a goal to provide readers with honest, free, and timely news stories and commentaries, all from a biblical worldview. The Washington Stand is based in Washington, D.C., with a team of reporters who provide reliable information on the top issues of the day, They cover breaking news on the biggest Supreme Court decisions, share critical stories in public education, give updates on the state of religious liberty domestically and abroad, and more. The Washington Stand was created to keep you and your family informed on events that are affecting faith, family, and freedom. Stay informed and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. Again, that's WashingtonStand.com.
4: Are you a university student or do you know a university student? One looking to be equipped as a Christian leader and to learn how to promote faith, family, and freedom in public policy and the culture? Join us at Family Research Council for our 12- to 15-week internship program. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, you will grow in personal and professional development. You will have the opportunity to work in a variety of departments with positions ranging from policy to communications, allowing you to gain real world experience working directly with our experts. FRC seeks to guide interns in pursuing careers of influence so they can make a difference wherever God calls them. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown DC, giving you the chance to grow in community and experience the city. Take the next step in your professional journey and have the experience of a lifetime. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply.
0: When persecution comes, will you be prepared to stand? Throughout scripture, believers are told that they should expect to be persecuted. In John, Jesus warns his disciples that if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. With that knowledge, Christians shouldn't live in fear, but they ought to prepare their hearts to stand faithfully in the face of trials. Most Christians in the U.S. feel far removed from the threat of persecution, but Pastor Andrew Brunson knows persecution well. In October 2016, Brunson was held for two years in Turkish prisons after being falsely accused of terrorism. After a worldwide prayer movement and significant political pressure from the U.S. government, he was released in October 2018. And since then, Andrew has taken up the call to urge Christians in the West to prepare for hostility. Brunson led an eight-part video series titled Prepare to Stand to help fellow believers. Watch this important series by going to frc.org slash prepare to stand. This is Washington Watch.
1: I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. And as I was mentioning earlier in the program, we're approaching... The end of the year, and it'll be a new year. In fact, this coming year will be the 40th anniversary of the Fort, uh, the Family Research Council. We've been at this for 40 years. Now, I haven't been here from the beginning, but I have been here for half of it. I've been here for 20 years. And we do this. We're able to do it, I should say, because of folks like you all across this country that partner with the Family Research Council. We receive no government money. We are funded solely by families and individuals who care about the country and the direction of this country. And they want to make sure that the foundation of our country that was laid by primarily by men of faith and those who at least subscribed to a Christian faith, and they want to make sure that's preserved. And so here at the Family Research Council, just blocks from the Capitol, and just actually we're almost in between the White House and the Capitol. And we believe that, as the founders believed, that this nation was, you know, it was the Bible was good enough to build this nation upon. Well, we believe those principles are good enough to guide a nation by today. And so we advocate for public policy here in our nation's capital, for faith, family, and freedom from a biblical perspective. We believe the Word of God is still relevant today to the nation that was built upon those principles. And if you'd like to partner with us, I would encourage you to do so. We need your support. Simply go to TonyPerkins.com, and you can make a donation there at TonyPerkins.com. Well, we've looked at some different areas, and in, in, in FRC is kind of complex. There's many different areas. We minister in churches, to pastors. We've got an, an outreach Uh, to legislators. Of course, we're here on Capitol Hill with our policy. We've got PhDs that do research, uh, put together policy papers, analyze other research. We've got a government affairs team that is working on Capitol Hill. Uh, Michelle Bachman made reference to this earlier about the policy papers that we take and help these members with. Communications team, which brings you Washington Watch uh, each day, and so it's a, a very extensive organization. But, of course, really the backbone of FRC is our policy and our work on Capitol Hill. And joining us now is one of those men on Capitol Hill, Congressman Jody Heiss. He represents the 10th Congressional District of Georgia, and he's the kind of uh, man, kind of legislator here in Washington that really fuels the work that we do, because he uh, he, is—before coming to Congress, he was a pastor, radio talk show host, but God called him here— And so he has spent, uh, I think, the last uh, almost eight years here in Washington, D.C., fighting for the things alongside us that we fight for every day. Congressman Jody Heiss, welcome back to the program. Always great to be with you, Tony. Thanks for having me. Now, I want to ask you just to kind of share with our audience how you first came into contact with the Family Research Council.
8: Well, the very, very beginning was 20 years ago, literally, when I was a pastor and we had a, a battle with the ACLU over the posting of the Ten Commandments. And you actually came and were one of the speakers at a big rally that we had, along with people like Alan Keyes and uh, just a host of individuals. And you were one of them. You had just been uh, that,
1: president. That was actually my first week. I had been on the job three days and I came <laughs> to uh, to Georgia for that event. Well, that was my
8: first introduction to Family Research Council. Little, little did I know at that time that 12 years later I would be elected to Congress and would go to Washington D.C. and there have an amazing experience with Family Research Council and with the stunning work that uh, you and the rest of the team do, Tony. It was has really been amazing. And, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that there are believers. In Washington, they're not nearly enough, but there are believers, and there's a number of them on Capitol Hill, uh, and and they're out loud. I mean, there are prayer meetings and Bible studies, uh, predominantly uh, every week. They're all, they're they're easy to to attend. One, but what I discovered pretty quickly as a representative is that although there are many professing believers on Capitol Hill, many of them do not take a biblical worldview with them when it comes to debating issues, let alone voting on issues. And it is in that context that I've found the Family Resource Council to be invaluable for members of Congress to insert into an extremely deceptive and confusing environment, a biblical worldview and a a biblical perspective to the issues that we're dealing with. And that has just been an incredible asset.
1: Let me ask you about that, Jody. Is it Is it um, a fear of operating from a biblical worldview, or is it just a lack of understanding of how to apply the Word of God to the issues of today?
8: I think there's a little bit of both, obviously. I mean, I do know individuals who read their Bible constantly, but they absolutely out of fear refuse to uh, live those principles and vote accordingly. But the majority of people— who are believers here on the Hill, quite frankly, just don't have an understanding of a biblical worldview. It's all politics to them. Mm -hmm. And so they're constantly listening to the polls or listening to uh, what other people are saying rather than listening to what scripture says. And I honestly believe that if they had a solid biblical worldview, they would be willing to vote accordingly, but it just gets so muddied up here. And unfortunately, we have churches all across the country, as we both know, that uh, are not being taught a biblical worldview, even from the pulpit. So this is a huge problem, not only here in Washington, but really across the country that FRC is addressing, trying mm-hmm. to help pastors and Christians adopt a Christian worldview and pass that on. Uh, that It has an incredible rippling effect uh, from local school boards all the way to Washington, D.C.,
1: you're absolutely correct, and that is why just a few years ago we launched our Center for Biblical Worldview to begin to educate pastors and parents, because that worldview is really formed between the ages of uh, basically 13 months and 13 years, and so it's it's critical. You can change it after that, but it's very, very difficult. I want to go back to something you said, because I think it's uh, it's really important. You talked about some... Uh, Christians coming, and there's a lot of Christians. And in fact, this is one of the things that encourages me, Jody, is that I've watched over my 20 years here that more and more Christians are being called. I mean, I'm not just saying Christians in name. I'm talking about people who love the Lord Jesus Christ, who are coming, being called into the city. So that's encouraging. Now, you're right. They're not all equipped with a biblical worldview. Some of them look at these things political, but you are actually not alone. There's a number of ministers who have been called to Congress. We have a number of ministers on our staff. I'm a former pastor. And you approach this, you see this as ministry. Tell us about that.
8: Oh, yeah, there's no question about it, Tony. You know, I have not left ministry. I certainly have changed pulpits, but uh, that's because I believe God I really, he pushed me out of the pulpit, to be honest. We had the big battle I referenced earlier where I met you for the very first time, a battle against the ACLU. And a few years after that, a big battle against the IRS and the Johnson Amendment. And both of those battles took on national attention. And literally, I got pushed out of the pulpit into a national scene that I was not previously, uh, even remotely, that did I have it on my radar. But um, yeah, and in, in coming to Washington, and leaving the pastoral ministry, it has just simply been a transition of ministry for me and many others that are up here. Uh, look, you just as an individual is called, I believe, needs to be called into public full-time ministry, be it a pastor or whatever type of ministry, that similar type of calling extends to public service. Uh, you better have a, a sense of calling from God to yeah. step into that arena and doing so is, uh, is just a, another step into a different avenue and arena of ministry. I've been so honored to pray with so, so many representatives and even media person uh, uh, personnel uh, and uh, just a host of people over the years, my own staff. And uh, God has just used this to open the doors for many avenues that otherwise, I believe, perhaps would not have been open.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really exciting to live the Christian life as designed by God. You know, some people say, you know, I don't want to be a Christian, too boring. I'd have to give up too much. And i tell you what, being a Christian, uh, and I've been a Christian since I was about nine years old following the Lord, it's been anything but boring. Um, it, 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 at every turn, there's excitement, there's opportunity. And so it's filled with purpose and meaning. Now, you are departing Congress by choice. You didn't run for your House seat again and so I, I, I want to ask you, what parting words of, of encouragement and advice would you have for your fellow elected officials?
8: Well, there there are several things, and I'm actually, I'm one of the founding members of the House Freedom Caucus, and I will have an opportunity uh, here in the next couple of days to speak to them a few parting words, and of course, the most important of those parting words is a uh, a presentation of the gospel absolutely the you know the, as you mentioned a while ago what our country was founded on is the, or those biblical principles judeo christian principles and we are in massive danger if a, as a country if we depart from those and so keeping uh the main thing the main thing is of course the main thing and so you know my uh words of encouragement is Look, we can't fix all that's wrong in Washington with more legislation or more money. We need now more than ever the good hand of God upon this country, and we need to turn back to Him. That is the issue. Every major problem we're facing ultimately is a spiritual issue. And from that perspective, I'm deeply encouraged that every year. Every election cycle since I've been here has seen more and more committed believers be elected to Congress. And I believe that is indicative that, that God is up to something. He is doing something in our country. I'm seeing more people praying, more people engaging as believers, more being elected. And I think uh, God has plans in all of that. So look, the the, the main thing, as I mentioned, is to say focus first and foremost on those principles from which we have departed and that we must return to. And those are the biblical principles that that we were established upon.
1: And Congressman Jody Heiss, that leads us right back to the ministry aspect of, of pastors. I mean, again, as a fellow as a as a former pastor, to your fellow members of the clergy who say, you know what, I'm just not going to get involved in politics. I don't want to I don't want to get involved. I believe that's why we're losing that biblical foundation is because they've not been willing to get involved. What would you
5: say to
8: that? There's no no question about that, Tony. And, you know, all of my fellow pastors, uh, I'll just speak to them uh, to, to begin with. I don't know of a single one of them who are not keenly aware of the calling, the duty, the responsibility that we have as Christians to be salt and light in our world but by definition it is impossible to be salt and light without being engaged that's what it means to be salt and light you must be in the trenches and so of of necessity uh, we are called to do that and then from the other perspective there are three institutions that god created not man god created family he created the church And God created government. Mm -hmm. This is not man's idea. It is God's idea. It is an institution. He created it. And so here in America, we have the responsibility and the blessing not only to be salt and light in any part of the world where we are, but here in America, we are part of a system, a government system that does not work without involvement of we, the people. And so it's like we have a double sale. We have a we we have win to the sale of calling us into the world to be salt and light. But here in America, we also have wind behind the sail that says our system doesn't work unless you get involved in it. And so we have an enormous opportunity, an incredible privilege to step up to the plate and be Christians, to be salt and light outside, uh out loud in the public square. And we have a governing system that calls us to do so, and in reality, does not work without our involvement.
1: Yeah, very interesting. You, know, you talk about those three institutions created by God: the family, the church, uh, and 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 government, and how what we've seen, even in recent days here in our nation's capital, the redefining of those institutions, and and in who better to advance God's design than god's men from the pulpits
8: absolutely you know it's been one of the most horrifying, and you and I have talked a lot about this. We could see it coming. I mean whenever you have a lame duck session like we are uh, have been coming through. The last several weeks, it's not surprising for horrible legislation to come during that lame duck when one majority party is exiting. They try everything they can to get their last punch in, so to speak, and push the the agenda that they want to push one last time. And unfortunately, uh, we've seen that happen with the what what uh, I refer to, and you and many others, as the disrespect for marriage act uh, that was, is now going to uh, become law. And it's uh, the beginning of religious persecution in this country, the likes of which none of us have previously experienced. But uh, uh, the redefinition of marriage uh, is non-existent from a biblical perspective, regardless of what politicians try to do.
1: And we must continue to advocate for that biblical truth regardless of what the law says or the culture says because the Word of God has not and will not change. Congressman Jody Heiss, always great to see you. Uh, I uh, look forward to seeing you back in Washington, D.C. Have a wonderful time with the family.
8: Likewise, Tony. Merry Christmas to you.
1: Merry Christmas to you as well. Congressman Jody Heiss of Georgia. And and folks, the more the enemy seeks to redefine and change what God has created, the more... resolve we must have in standing for that biblical truth. And here's my pledge to you here at the Family Research Council. As long as I'm leading this organization, and I believe long after I'm gone, because of the men and women who are here, you'll continue to stand for that truth going forward. You'll never see a white flag waving outside this building. We will stand for truth. So I leave you once again with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6.